This is no. live and free for me. Oh, we're already going now? There's our, <laughs> there's our awesome cold intro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, All right, everyone. All right. You ready? Yeah, go, man. Sure. All right. Uh, everyone, welcome to episode 25 of Start to Continue Podcast. Um, if you're wondering what kind of podcast we are, if you've never checked us out before, we're a free-form one where we pretty much talk about anything and everything going on in our lives. I'm Joe, and on the other end is my partner in crime, Bill. Yeah, and you might have heard a strange voice added to the mix. Yeah, we got a... He was supposed to remain silent, you know, to be a surprise guest later on. <laughs> pretend he walks in Howard Stern like, you know. Uh, is he here? Is he in? Is he in the building yet? Oh, yeah. Who's uh, Ronnie? Ronnie's, Ronnie's bringing me up right now. I'm in the elevator. <laughs> Sign your waiver. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess you guys a... could do whatever you want with me. I get it. <laughs> this so this is, is a... none other than. Uh... What's that? I was saying this is a, a very special episode. It's our first it ever where we actually have a guest on. History in the making. Introduce yeah, the man. We have with us uh, Kevin from Retro Fandango slash Buried on Mars fame. Yes. Famous. You are famous, man. You're like the uh, Charles Nelson Riley of podcasts. Oh, I don't think so. I, well, think I mean, so. you go yeah, on all the way to shows. <laughs> <laughs> Not anything else, just that you're on a lot of shows, you know. Right, right, yeah. By that. Gotcha. Well, how many, how many different podcasts have you been on? Um, not a lot, not a hell of a lot, about five or six. You five know, or six but that, different ones. Yeah, that that I've guessed it on. This would be this would probably be the sixth, the sixth one. Yeah, All that's right, well, Charles Riley. <clears throat> Kevin, why don't you uh, give the listeners a brief uh, rundown of? who you are in the different shows that you do and where they can find you? Um, Wait a second. Okay. Wait, hold on. Joe, okay, well. are you doing the golf announcer voice again? No. <laughs> it sounds golf announcer-ish to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking normal. <laughs> let, uh, let Kevin introduce himself to everybody and, and give a little brief rundown of what he's doing. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, well, right <laughs> now I'm listening to this show. It's great. <laughs> But uh, uh, my show, I got a little YouTube show called uh, Buried on Mars where uh, I cover lots of uh, video game and video game related things. Um, right now I'm starting a brand new series. It's going to be all about hack and slash games and uh, the different uh, types of hack and slash games out there and going to be reviewing a lot of games like uh, God of War and uh, Bayonetta and then also doing the other kind like Diablo and... Um, uh, What's the other one? Torchlight. Um, and then we got a, I got a little um, podcast that I do with uh, my friend Ramvox. Uh, we do one every two weeks. It's called Retro Fandango, and you can find that we're actually uh, a sister podcast with the Cartridge Brothers. Um, and so if you just go over to Podbean and type in Cartridge Brothers, you'd be able to find that there. So those are the plugs, in and done. <laughs> That's a nice spiel, man. You see, you've been oh, on thanks. so many shows, you got it. Memorized and yeah, categorized. Wonderful. You got to. So, what man. do you mean? What do you mean? You got a new series coming out? It'll be individual videos or one great feature? Well, you know, a lot of people are very complimentary about my channel, um, and they say they like it. And uh, the the one thing that I don't like about my channel is that I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I kind of, for the past two years, have been experimenting. 
you know, there's a lot of channels out there that just do Let's Plays, others just do reviews, others just do, uh, you know, news items and, uh, or, or whatever, uh, all related to video games. And um, I've kind of done a little bit of everything, and uh, I kind of just want to focus on one thing. I just want to focus on one kind of uh, video game. And uh, so from now until forever long as I feel like doing it, I'm just going to be doing uh, straight-up reviews. And um, I'm hoping to keep to a schedule of doing it once every two weeks so people are get used to it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, because my, my output has been very sporadic as well. So, Well, you know, it's hard work. It is. It's hard yep. to keep to a, to a schedule. So right now, like the channel's dark a little bit because I'm building up content. Right now, I got two videos that are completely done, and it's actually driving me nuts that I'm I'm just not uploading them. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm holding them back because I need to give myself time to build up a a little bit of a buffer for when things get you know for when time is tight. Um, so and then plus you know I, I I edit the podcast too, and that takes up a lot of time too. So. So what kind of uh, production timeline do you have when you're doing, like, say, one of your YouTube shows or, like, a podcast one specifically? Uh, it, for YouTube, it's all over the place because it really depends on the, sh on the show. Um, you see a lot of guys are just able to just talk into a camera and, uh, you know, then just, you know, five minutes later they upload it. You know, and they got a 10-minute video. For me, it, it's... I always feel as if I have to put a little bit more in there. You know, if I'm talking about something, I feel as if I have to show it. Uh, you know, just me sitting there talking about a game, I find is very boring. If I'm talking about something specific in a game, you know, I have to show that thing. So sometimes it'll, you know, I'll, I'll have a ton of footage and uh, be one thing that I'll want to say about the game and I just won't have any footage of it. So, you know, there's all sorts of stupid things that can can delay the process. So, uh, long story short, I guess it could take anywhere. It never takes me less than two weeks to to make a video, um, because you know I, I can't do it 24/7 too. You know, I got the job and all that. I don't have the two kids, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm still busy. So, <laughs> well, I have to admit that never takes less than two weeks. I guess. That's one of the things I like about uh, your YouTubes that you do is because you actually show it's you and then you do the the, uh, the square video boxes of what's going on on the, on the actual TV, right? So it definitely adds another right, form yeah. of entertainment and uh, content to what you're producing. Yeah, well, even my, my Let's Plays, like a lot of people just do Let's Plays and they just, you know, they'll just show themselves playing a game and they're, they're just sitting there not talking. And I can't do that. Um, you know, the two Let's Plays that I did, I felt as if I had to cut right to the chase, right, right to the parts where, that I felt were interesting. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people like that. A lot of people like sitting there and watch a whole a person playing an entire game. Um, they just put it on in the background and tune in whenever they feel like it. But I feel as if i got to make a show out of it, almost like a documentary. So, you know, when I, when I did my Let's Plays, it took me an entire month to do one series of Let's Plays where other guys would only take them, you know, a day and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's well. Yeah, I, I. It's entertaining watching you do your videos, and you're trying to maintain entertainment value while playing the game at the same time. That's that's compelling too. I like seeing that. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's tricky. The first time I sat down to do it, um, <laughs> you know, it's it it really hits you on on how difficult it actually is to talk while you're playing the game. You know, and. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a yeah, 
an art style in 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 of itself. So are your next set of videos going to have a bit of that, or is it all edited? I'm, you know, all edited. It's just going to be straight up reviews of games. Um, that's what I got on YouTube when I originally got on there. That's what I wanted to do, and uh, I really admire other channels that do that. And um, you know. Reviewing or, or just talking about retro games or just playing retro games, it's really overdone. I mean, a lot of people are doing it, and uh, all you have left now, like, you can't, you can't just say, well, I'm going to review Castlevania because nobody else is reviewing it. There's 20 reviews of Castlevania out there. All you have left now is your personality, which you can put into the video. My personality is best at, at reviewing, so I'm, I'm trying to go with my strong suit and trying to stick to one thing, one theme, to not maybe not appeal to everybody, but to appeal to, um, you know, at least maybe a core group of people. No, I hear you, but I definitely enjoyed watching you scratch your head a million times in a video. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that took, me, that took me an entire summer to do. I did one playthrough of Mario Brothers and another one of, uh, uh, what's that game? Blanket on its name. Well, it took me a whole summer to do two Let's Play videos, anyways. And you know, I was in you know I was in my basement editing for that entire so time. Friday Thirteenth. Uh, no, uh, the, well, that took up a month too, and I only got one video out of that because the game was so bad <laughs> and it was so boring. Uh, well, the videos that I was I was making were so boring. Um, so, yeah, it it it. Um, it, it's, it takes so much time, and now with the podcast and with the mix, I don't think I can keep both going. Or if I do, um, you're, there's going to be long gaps between Let's Play videos, and I don't think you can do that with the Let's Play. You got to keep the momentum going, right? It's okay if people are tuning in, uh, you know, two or three years from now when they're all done. But uh, for the people that are, you know, in it for the content right away, you got to keep it going, or wait until you're finished and release it all in one big chunk which means there would be like a month without any videos on my channel and I don't think that's a good idea either so uh, the reviews I could keep you know I could keep it constant I could keep it steady yeah that's true although something like your little uh, your Ninja Turtle um, challenge video was super short you know did that yeah that must have yeah that didn't take that didn't take too much time to do that and um, I like all the those little those, things, man. I love them. Uh, well, it, it's it's kind of a, a let's play with just a little uh, challenge in in it. Um, mm -hmm. So somebody just puts up a challenge and say, like the the Red Swayze challenge, which was a ridiculous name, but um, was basically you played the original Ninja Turtles movie or Ninja Turtles game, sorry, on the NES uh, with just Raphael, who's notoriously the the worst character because he has such a short range, and you just play the game to see it as far as you can. As you can make it, um, which is you know it was interesting and fun, but it's not something really that I I'd want to do uh, all the time um, because I'm not very good at the retro games. <laughs> That's the <laughs> compelling know. part. I love it. Well, I it, it just it, it takes me forever to get that content out there. Like I uh, I said in my update video, I, the, the last one I was trying to do in January was Castlevania, and that game was just kicking my ass all over the place, and <laughs> I I could not I can't get past one boss, and um it when it gets when the game gets really difficult like that I just shut down, you know it's just it's just footage of me sitting there just staring at the, at 
at this game, and uh, I got to go through all that footage, and it's it just I I don't know. I'm just I'm really interested in doing the reviews. That's really what I want to do. That's really where my heart's at. So uh, that that's why I'm I'm doing it that way. We'll definitely look forward to that. So when can you guess your first release will be on that? Um, I'm going to have I'm going to do a video explaining because there's there's two camps, two very strong camps in the gaming. You know, gamers are very opinionated and they believe things should be one way or not the other. And there's two strong camps that believe. One believes that the hack and slash games are like you know your God of War, your Ninja Gaiden uh, kind of games, and there's the other camp that believes they should be like Diablo and like Torchlight. And those kind of games, and uh, so I'm doing. I do a little video to explain why I'm covering both, and that'll be up at the end of the month. That'll be up on. Uh, that's set to go March 31st, and then the first review will be up two weeks after that. And the first uh, review will be uh, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden Sigma, to be specific, on the PlayStation 3. Oh, Joe, did you play that? No, I've never played that. Hey, oh, <laughs> wake up! <man. laughs> I'm here, man. I'm taking notes. I'm writing up questions. I'm I'm good, brother. Okay. Uh, then no, the Ninja Gaiden games. I never. Uh, I only really played like the first two, and that was it. And uh, extremely difficult. Uh, not my f- particular forte, I guess. Mm. I You're talking about the the original ones on the NES. Yeah. Yeah, I, I they, were, they updated the series about ten years ago on the original Xbox, and and that's the one that I'm doing is is that uh, version of Ninja Gaiden. No, I, I stopped after pretty much number two, and that was it. Mm. Yeah, they were good. They were fun. Those original ones. I think I was a rental a rental guy on those. Put a lot of money in renting them. Speaking of hack and slash, though, didn't one of the Ninja Gaiden games uh, turn into like a hack and slash? Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what that's I'm, the one you're talking about. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm going to be doing. That's uh, the argument. No, the the argument is, uh, um, it, it's it's there are these PC games, right? Uh, do you really want me to get into it? Do you want me to explain the whole thing? Or <laughs> <laughs> did you already explain There's, it all in your show? Uh, yes, I, I did. I explained it on on, on the episode that's coming out on March 31st. Because I know you guys don't edit, so if it's boring, you can't cut it out. So. I don't mind if you if you want me to skip it. Just go ahead. Joe's like Stern. He'll just cut you off. Okay, well... <clears throat> oh, you're getting boring. All right. <laughs> um, hack and Slash, the, the term began in on uh, tabletop games, you know, like the old uh, pen and paper games, right? And they were meant to be a derogatory term for people who played... Uh, those kind of games, but in a style where you just did nothing but fight. You'd go in and you'd just continuously roll the dice and you and you tried to make it to the end as quickly as possible, hacking and slack, slashing your way through it. And it was meant to be a derogatory term because the people who, who were the purists that were there to play Dungeons and Dragons were there for the story and for the character. So um, the, when Diablo came on to, on the scene, uh, its style of gameplay was very much like that hack and slash style, and that's where the term originated. Then hmm. about uh, ten years ago, they started making. There was a series that came out called Devil May Cry, and it was a very fast-paced action game. It was in 3D, and it used. Um, it was more meant for a console than a than a PC because those Diablo games you'd use a mouse and a keyboard for. These ones were more styled towards using a a, a, a controller, and you would input 
uh, a series of combinations of, of the face buttons in order to do moves and stuff like that. You know, like right. your, your square and triangle and all that stuff. So that bred an entire genre of games. Like from Devil May Cry, you got the new Ninja Gaiden games, you got the God of War games and that. And right. they play like a beat-em-up game, which is like your old-school um, uh, Double Dragon and Golden Axe kind of games. But because the guys are using a big sword and that, it didn't really doesn't really make sense to call them a beat-em-up. So... Uh, what the game journalists started doing was just started describing them as hack and slash games, and I, I don't know why at the time there wasn't a big stink raised about it. Nobody really caught on either way, and it, the term stuck for both style of games. Yeah, and that's now, what I always thought. If uh, it was a beat 'em up with a sword. Yeah, and other people say no, it is. It is like Diablo, and mm-hmm. um, you know. So now, like the internet, they just keep going back and forth, back and forth, and so to cut out any sort of drama. Uh, on the comment section, and that I'm just, I, I, that's why I'm starting off with that video, so I could j- just explain where I'm coming from and why I'm covering both. And if anyone starts complaining in the comments, I can just put up that video and say, "There you go. There's my explanation." And I can just drop it at that. Yeah. So are you going to be like uh, stern and angry on these videos, or no. laying no, down no, the law? Well, okay. See, that's the other thing, too. Uh, a couple of my other series where I have reviewed games, um, I kind of let the game dictate how I uh, feel about or how, or how my actions are. Like, I, I would purposely pick bad games because when I first got onto YouTube, I was very influenced by the Angry Video Game Nerd. And um, so I would purposely pick bad games to play to complain about. And right. uh, I didn't like... The, the way that was going, because I was playing a lot of bad games. And I'm like, why am I wasting my time playing bad games? I should play, be playing good games. So I started playing good games, and that's where my Rescued from the Bin series started, where I would find, like, hidden gems, basically, and play, like, good games and say, hey, here are a bunch of good games. But then my hands were tied with that because I would have to find the diamonds in the rough. You know, I had, like, about three or four good games in my, in my catalog ready to go, and after that, it was like, okay, I'm struggling. Like, I would play five or six games and finally find a good one that I could recommend. So that was starting to frustrate me. So now I'm just going to let uh, whatever the game is, that's what it's going to dictate. So if it's a good game, you're going to get a good review. If it's an okay game, you're going to get a good review, but it's just going to, the okayness or the mediocreness of it is going to reflect that or be reflected in my review. And if it's a bad game, well, then I guess I'll get angry and and complain a lot. <laughs> Scratch your head. I hope there's more head scratching. That's all I can say. I I might put in some head scratching just Love for you. Love the head scratching. All right. When did you do your first YouTube video? How many years ago? Oh, man. I, I started in uh, June of 2012. So I've been on for a while, but uh, see, that's the other mistake I, I made when I first got on is I just put up videos, and I just, okay, whoever watches them will watch them. And uh, I didn't um, actively seek out others in the community. I had the people who I admired, you know, like uh, James Rolfe and uh, the Happy Video Game Nerd and uh, Metal Jesus Rocks. These are all guys that I looked up to in that. But they're at a, at a point in YouTube where, I mean, you know, you can't just send them a message. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're almost the, they're, they're, they're the elite status. And yeah. uh, it's when I really started to try to find people who were in the same boat that I was, that was putting out good content, but nobody was really watching them. And that's where I stumbled into the Cartridge Club and that community. 
and uh, they were really embracing of what I was doing and what they were doing and we've really come to a point where we just kind of all help each other out and it's really the only way you can do YouTube now trying to stand out on your own I mean you could do it but it's really hard and it's almost like a fluke if it happens now you kind of have to band together and uh, that's why you even see like um, Hidden Blocks, Hidden Blocks is a bunch of guys they have about a hundred thousand subs each which you think is enough but they, even them they have to band together and um, uh, y you know cross promote because that's the only way you're gonna stand out on uh, YouTube now especially when you're covering video games yeah yeah there's a ton out there and um, were you buried on Mars for your first video or did that come later um well, the, originally the channel was just going to be buried on Mars, and then um, I never gave my name at all. Like I didn't just didn't say anything. Uh, I just would start talking about the game, and then uh, I don't know. I don't know why. At some point, I just started calling myself Buried on Mars. Um, it, like the, if if you want to know where the name came from, that's another story too. But was there, was there ever any kind of uh, hesitancy in terms of uh, you know actually displaying yourself on YouTube at the start? Like oh it... yeah, oh I didn't even have a camera actually when I first started on YouTube. I was just I just had a capture card. That was the first thing I invested in. Um, well, and the reason the only reason why I decided to put myself on camera was um, it was just getting really hard to find footage to talk over. Um, there are points in the in, when you're doing a review there are there are parts where um, you know you're just you're going to be showing the same thing over and over again you know like how many times can you show uh, you know Mario jumping or something like that when you want to talk about the success of the game or something like that you know like uh, you, when you start talking about how successful well are you going to do like the uh, Ken Burns thing and, and you know show a slow zoom in of the Mario picture or something like that and then plus people want to see you uh, I, I, I Definitely have a face for radio. I'm not meant for uh, the big screen, but um, people want to see you. They want to have that connection with you, and um, that that was another reason why I decided to uh, put myself on camera. So, were you telling like uh, your friends right away, like, "Hey, check me out on uh, YouTube for this or that," or did you sort of no. leave it quiet and hidden for a bit? Um, other than a few posts on Facebook, uh, I never said anything to anyone other than Sarah, my wife. Who, of course, you know, she has to put up with all this, so <laughs> she, she's on, she's on the, uh, the inside. But uh, as for everybody else now, other than postings on Facebook, that's, that's it. Yeah, I think I was with you, Joe, when I stumbled upon Kevin on YouTube, going, "What? What is going on here?" And we know Well, see, yeah, you, you weren't on Facebook, so that, that, that I guess that would be why. Yeah. I I don't know. It was I don't know how did I stumble upon it. Hmm. Yeah, but well, what did I you think know. about it when you first saw him? Well, I thought it was crazy because I never knew Kevin as being one who wanted to get in front of the camera. That was the most shocking thing to me. Well, yeah, I, like I said, it was uh, it it didn't come easy. I had to think about it a long time, and I I still don't want to be a a star or anything like that. It's more <laughs> about. Uh, Getting out there and being part of a community. Uh, actually, we just we kind of just touched on this uh, in the last episode of Retro Fandango, which will be coming out uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. It'll be uploaded tomorrow. Um, but uh, 
we're talking about uh, Nestromancer. We had uh, him on as a guest, who you referred to in your last episode of Start to Continue, which, by the way, was a fantastic episode. I oh. thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I should mention that before I forget. Uh, Any uh, particular oh, reason why? Oh, that story, man. I am so elated. You know how, like, when people say, when they're listening to Howard Stern, they didn't want to get out of the car? I got to work. I'm sitting Whoa. in. I'm sitting in the car, and you know the smokers are all out there, you know, looking <laughs> at me as I'm laughing because you started playing that tape of you in the doctor's office, and Bill, your comments are excuse me while I whip this out. I'm trying not. I'm trying not to laugh too hard because you know the smokers are all out there looking at me. But uh, no, that was a fantastic episode. I enjoyed that. Oh, thanks, Kevin. That's very nice of you to say. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, very nice. Uh, I, I, Joe was a goddamn gold mine, I tell you. Him and his balls. <laughs> oh that should be every episode. I shouldn't be on here, actually. I'm actually kind of nervous I'm going to ruin the chemistry of this show. Uh, well, we were hoping you'd have a prostate exam story to tell us. Absolutely not, man. I am terrified <laughs> of that stuff, man. I am going to put that off until the very last minute. There's going to have to be some sort of bulge coming out of me or something. <laughs> Like, the very first thing I said to Sarah, because she listened to it, too, right? I said, you listen to Start to Continue? She said, yeah. I said, no. No way. She knew exactly what I meant. Exactly what I meant. It's not happening. But uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we lost it. Uh, Joe was on to something. Oh, we were talking about Bill and you first seeing uh, Kevin on, on YouTube and what you were thinking about it, right? Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah, so we were talking about um, uh, going yeah, on the camera Nestor for Romancer. the first time. Okay, so Nestor Mancer was on, on our show, and he brought up that, because uh, we, you know, one of the questions we always ask our guests is, why did you get on YouTube? And uh, uh, he, he said, because I'm introverted, and uh, I thought this would be a good way to uh, force myself to be a little bit extra extroverted. And I... That's exactly why I got on there because for the longest time, for about ten years, I had, I had about a handful of friends, and I said to myself, "That's all I need. I don't need any more friends like this." But part was, nobody was really into video games like how I was, and I wanted to talk to other people about video games. And uh, the great thing about YouTube is, uh, it's something. It's not like, um, it, you know, like uh, playing. Um, uh, games online or something like that where you're kind of stuck with people. The great thing about YouTube is you can kind of turn it on and turn it off when you want to. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can dip in and uh, answer comments or, or read comments or whatever when you want to and then when you had enough uh, you could just step back and turn it off. So um, yeah, that YouTube's great for that. It's great for, it, believe it or not, it's great for the introvert to be extrovert. Uh, well, yeah, the Nest Romancer certainly lets it fly very extrovertly on his guitar, man. His last couple of videos. Yeah, I was surprised. Hell. I was surprised to say that he he is a shy person, and because um, that yeah that doesn't come across in his videos at all. So I guess it works on on that level. But yeah, it's incredible the guitar player. I I've uh, been using his music in my videos now for. Uh, for the last few videos, at least, and uh, it's so great. It's it's great having someone putting that kind of quality content out there, um, and you being able to like hit like he's so generous. You know, I, I asked him, and he's just like anybody can use my my music, 
if they want to use my music, just just let me know, and I'll I'll send them some MP3s. And uh, yeah, it's so great to have yeah, someone like awesome. out there. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you as well. Like you had a video early on where you said you were uh, you had your identity stolen. Yeah. But you continued on with the YouTube thing. Yeah. Well, um, it, it was, you know, it was a, a minor identity theft. Um, uh, basically, what happened was um, uh, I got a bill in the mail from a company. Oh, I can't remember the name of the company. I probably shouldn't say it anyways if I do. But anyway, they were they were uh, uh, a manuf a supplier of industrial products, and I got a bill in the mail for these like twelve. A huge industrial size uh, fans and uh, some other stuff in there, and they, I can't, I can't remember. Oh yeah, they didn't use my name, but they used my address, and they they built it to a company called TNT, and I'm a huge AC/DC fan, and TNT is one of their biggest songs. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I was to come up with a fake company, that's a name I would use, and this is my address. <laughs> but this isn't an industry, like there is no factory here. This is just my house. What is this bill? So uh, I thought it was an, an error on their end or something like that, so I just I, I, I ignored it, uh, the first one. And then a month later, I got an, another one that said that, hey, you're overdue and you got to pay this thing. I'm like, okay, this isn't just a one-time joke. Now i got to look into it. So I actually uh, called up the company, and uh, I said, hey, it looks like, you know, Somebody used my, uh, you know, my address uh, for this, uh, um, you know, this charge or whatever, and uh, so they put a little internal um, uh, investigation uh, in on it, and um, uh, they did their own thing. And then I had to get, I had to get the police involved, um, you know, because it happened one time. What happens if it happens again? Yeah. So I, uh, I let the, I let the police know, and the police were baffled uh, at why I was calling them and not this company because this company got ripped off big time. It was a, a $5,000 bill and <laughs> they, apparently so apparently what, what how they operate is um, they have a lot of contractors that just uh, will will drive up give them a, a number an account number um, and uh, they just pick up whatever they need and they leave and they don't pay and they just have like a company credit card or something like that and uh, yeah someone gave them some uh, I don't know if they signed up an account or something like that but with my address and, and TNT industries and I, I don't know it was just it was very bizarre so uh, after that happened that really freaked me out I thought like <laughs> you know where where like why this address you know why TNT? Is it something that I'm saying out on YouTube? Is it something yeah. I'm putting out there? You know, so that freaked me out for a little bit. So I, I actually didn't uh, release anything for a little while after that happened. Um, but then I just, you know, I said I can't live my life, uh, let this thing dictate my life. I just gotta, I enjoy it so much. So I just gotta get back in there and and do it. So. Oh well, good on you, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have that would have scared me to stay. Out of the public eye a little bit, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Joy. Well, really, it was no no damage. I wasn't out any money. It was the uh, you know this company that was really out the money. So yeah, yeah. But you were yeah you were there. 
Yeah. Hey, Kevin, you mentioned uh, your wife <coughs> a short time ago in, in terms of uh, just talking to her, but I was curious, how supportive is she with, with everything that you're doing? Like, was it... Was she on board with it, like right from the start, or did it take her a bit of time to to uh, grow into it, or was she always like a gaming geek or that kind oh, of thing? Um, the YouTube stuff and all that, yeah, she's been 100% supportive. But, um, you know, like, like any, um, even myself, I had the same thing growing up where you're told that video games are something that you only do, you know, for an hour at a time. You don't... Um, it's not something that should consume your life. Uh, you only buy one video game console or one PC, and uh, you, you only play like one game at a time. You only buy one game at a time. And she had that as well. I mean, I, uh, you know, when I first got out of uh, college and I, when I started making money um, out on my own, I, I bought like a Nintendo 64. I started buying games, and um, then I wanted to buy a PC and start buying games, and uh, Sarah kind of, you know, we were we were saving up to buy a house, and she kind of put the reins on me a little bit, and she said, you know, uh, maybe you want to cut out on the spending of games, and I said, yeah, you know, got to save up for a house, and then, and when we got the house, you know, there's just there's so much expenses with it, and um, you know, she said like if you want if you want a game console, uh, that's fine, but you can only have one, and you got to start you got to sell the stuff that you're not using. You know, so I had to, you know, I traded in games and uh, anything I could do to keep the addiction going, basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, for the longest time, I only had one console and, and uh, you know, uh, just one game at a time. And uh, eventually, uh, you know, I said, why am I doing it? Well, like, I, I got to the point where it's, we had, we we're comfortable now. Uh, we're not saving up to buy a house anymore. Um why am I still only playing one game at a time? I really enjoy these. I want to have a, a library and a collection. And uh, since then, like since I had that, like since we t we talked about that, that was like 2010 ish. Um, yeah, it's, she's been nothing but supportive. She she gets it, and uh, yeah, it's been, she's been awesome about it. Did you meet her in college? Yeah, yeah, we've been together for uh, since 1998. So you can hmm. do the math. Look at you with all the dates. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe, do you know does your wife know what you're doing right now? No, she's sleeping. <laughs> does she know about this show? No. No. Uh, I I don't know if uh, I don't know if she if she would take it as like a, you know, a silly thing or a silly hobby, but uh, getting back to what uh, an excellent point that Kevin had made earlier about uh, the Nestromancer you know, him being an uh, introvert, and that's why he sort of got on to it. And same with you, Kevin. Um, you know, Bill and I sort of started this uh, whole podcasting thing, I guess, just from all the ones that we started listening to, uh, you know, on our own personal time and, and wherever else. And I'm definitely a, a listener, so I guess you could classify me as an introvert as well. So I thought it'd be certainly a good way for me to, you know, expand a little bit and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, you know it, it's funny because you talk to some people about introvert like and and they and they don't get it you know like uh, you know it actually takes effort to uh, especially with strangers you know to just go into uh, a room and just start talking to strangers it takes like every form of you know every ounce of energy in me to do something like that and. Um, 
to have something common, like a common interest, like video games, it really helps. You know, it helps, like, because uh, you're not talking about yourself. Uh, you're just talking about the games. And then you can get to, you know, the other stuff uh, later on. So it, it definitely helps. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So then you moved from your YouTubing into the podcasting with your own show. Yep. Retro Fandango. Yep. What made you uh, do that, and where did you and Rambox get together? Um, well, uh, Rambox and I were both uh, um, cartridge clubbers, I guess you could say. Uh, what does this mean? Does everyone have, like, a name tag, and uh, is there a no. hazing period you have to go through <laughs> to join the club? Like, no. what do you got to do here? Uh, join, the club is open to anybody. It's uh, basically, uh, it's like a book of the month club, but for... Uh, uh, video gamers, uh, the the Cartridge Brothers uh, run it. They have a website, uh, www.cartridgebros.ca. To anyone, if you want to go onto the forums, all you need is a Google account. So that's why it kind of works really well with YouTubers because if you're on YouTube, you already have that Google account. Uh, but you don't have to have a YouTube channel. You don't have to be an expert at video games. You don't. You could be like. I mean, I'm the most average video game player out there. Um, and basically what they do is they pick uh, a game uh, for us to play every month. Like this month, it's uh, Beautiful Joe. And, um, you know, next month it's going to be Metroid Prime. Um, they pick older games. They pick newer games. Uh, I think last year we did Dark Souls 2, which was a brand new game. But for the most part, they're like, you know, stuff that you could find easily. Uh, stuff that isn't too expensive, and if it is, like they did Earthbound, which is an incredibly in expensive game, but you can find it for ten bucks on the Wii U. Um, and even if you don't have a Wii U, emulate it. You know, we're not snobs where we say you can't emulate. I mean, some people like prefer to play on original hardware, but uh, emulation's open, anything's open, and uh, we just go on the forums, we talk about the games, and then uh, what they do is at the end of the month they do a podcast about that game, um, and it. You know, so it's, it's it's interesting because you've all played the game, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the cartridge club. So, and that's where you met Ramvox. Oh right, yeah. So I met Ramvox there, um, and uh, I was thinking about doing a podcast for a while. Really, um, my first love is audio. Um, when I first got into college, like I took uh, television in college, but I, what I really wanted to take was radio, um, oh. and yeah, and the jobs there. Well, that's why I went into television, which is now seems to be in the same state radio oh, is man. in when we were in college, which is a whole other uh, podcast right there. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I I I wanted to do radio, but I wanted a job, so that's why I took television. And uh, I I always wanted to do the podcasting, but I felt like as if I needed to have at least one thousand subscribers on YouTube before I started a podcast because I felt that that you know, um, I, I just wanted to make YouTube my first goal and to do one goal at a time. And then um, I, I kind of talked to the Cartridge Brothers about doing a, a second podcast because uh, on, on their channel because uh, basically what happens is when you only have one podcast coming out every month, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, with with uh, another podcast in the mix, you're putting out well, now we're putting out three podcasts a month, so that kind of helps. That puts it uh, in the top ten for most listened podcasts uh, and and whatnot. So right. So I, I originally wanted to do a podcast with them, 
uh, I'd say, you know, because you guys focus on the game, why not do something where uh, we would talk more about what's going on in your life and what other games you're playing? And they just got super busy. Um, uh, P player one, uh, they don't like to use a real name. So there's player one, um, he's in uh, the Navy, and uh, he was ashore for a year, for a year or two. And then they just started uh, giving him assignments on, on boats. So he's gone for like a month at a time now. And uh, player two just, you know, he's got a, a, a new house and uh, doing a bunch of renovating and all that. So uh, they pretty much only have time to do the one cartridge club and uh, game and, and podcast every month. And out of the blue, uh, Rambox, who is, uh, he's an American, and he's living in Japan right now, um, he uh, just hit me up and asked me if, uh, you know, he's, he knew I was talking to the Cartridge Brothers, and he said, um, you know, I got a bunch of ideas for a podcast. Would you like to do a podcast with me, you know? And he was thinking, like, maybe a year from now or something, start something. I said, no, let's start right now. <laughs> so um, we basically did a, a test uh, podcast in November, and it went so well. I, I Like, I thought that we would do one and uh, we would like pick apart what you know all the mistakes, and then maybe after Christmas we would go full out and and do a podcast for everybody. And it went over so well that we just started um, rolling it out every two weeks. And um, yeah, people are really liking it. People are, are digging it, and um, mm -hmm. and it, it and it's 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 been a great collaboration because. Uh, he comes up with like a lot of the ideas, you know. Like uh, he does a lot, all the game show stuff. He does all the um, like his. It was his idea to focus on a franchise, and um, and just talk about one franchise and everything that spun off from that franchise. So, like for instance, we did RoboCop. That was our first episode. We did Ghostbusters. Uh, we got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one that's coming up in April, and. Uh, yeah, so he comes up with those ideas, and then I get to put everything together, which is what I really like to do. I like editing in and putting all the sound effects in and everything like that. So it works out really well. And is that is that going to turn into a year as well? Is there going to be a video component of it? A video component of Retro Fandango? Yeah. Oh, like uh, an entire video of the entire three-hour podcast? I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do like a half an hour best of. Uh, you know what? I started doing um, a, a, a basically a trailer. It was it was like a minute or two that just you know highlight the the, the best of the show kind of thing. Um, but it was taking up a lot of time to do that, and um, it it just wasn't getting a lot of hits. I mean, the, the, the podcast was, was in the hundreds, and this thing that I was putting to attract people to it was getting, like, 20 hits. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it just, it just wasn't worth it. And I just said to myself, you know what? We both have YouTube channels. Uh, the Cartridge Brothers have, has a YouTube channel. We don't need another avenue on YouTube to uh, promote the show. We can just go on our channel, say, hey, check out Retro Fandango, and that's, that's good enough, you know? Because it doesn't yeah. seem like a lot of work to put like a minute or two together, but to pick what's the best and 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 throw it together and put the music in and it, it was, you know, it took me a whole day to put that all together, a whole day that I could be doing something else. So, 
Yeah, definitely. That's I, I'm scared of myself to get too involved with YouTube because if I dive in too far, I'm going to overproduce something. It's going to take over, mm. and I'm going to just have you know audio bed over audio bed and transitions and star wipes. You know, it's just yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the boat I'm in right now. I'm learning After Effects, <laughs> you know, and uh, as as much as I, I I hate that learning process, I like the product at the end. So it, it's you know it's worth it in the end, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, definitely a lot of editing. That's why I'm sticking to one shot video unboxing, <laughs> and that's great, man. I, I I'm enjoying that. Uh, oh yeah, nice. Um, I enjoy seeing the uh, albums that you're missing. I can't believe Eat a Peach was not in there. What, you is, know, that, what was going on? That, that was in my notes to talk about how I'm missing it, and I completely forgot about it. But yeah, I got to find that. You know, I, it's a, it's a collection. I only have so much room, so oh, I see. All my editions have to be very well thought out. Yeah. In order to make it onto the shelf, you gotta make room for Eat a Peach. You could get rid of well, what was that? Guys and Dolls. You could get rid of Guys and Dolls and make room no. for Eat a Peach. That Guys and Dolls was not in there. That was. I don't know. I, I was a Guys and Guys. Was that what it was? <laughs> I don't know what that. It. I, it was a glitch from your from your playback. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I saw something in there. I saw something. <laughs> so, what has been your most successful video? We're talking about hits here. Like it's all about the hits and the subs. Well, so what was the, the and this, you're monetizing, right? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, and I'm actually getting my first paycheck from Google very soon. Um, so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Um, it's not a lot, believe me. It's not a lot. I think I could buy. I might be able to buy one new video game. Well, it's something. There you go. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, but I guess my most successful video, the video that really took off, and it's a video that I never thought would go anywhere. I did on uh, just it, it just showed me hooking up. Um, I basically I, I started I put in a whole new video game room in my house, uh, just a room dedicated to to video games. And as I was putting my consoles together, I just threw a video together to show how I hook up. Uh, my old consoles to a modern TV, to an LCD TV, and uh, yeah, that video took off. It, um, it's, it's, uh, I think it's at 50 or over 50,000 hits now. Uh, my entire channel has 100,000 hits, so th this this has <laughs> pretty much half of the hits uh, on it, which is uh, it, it it floors me. I wish I would have done a better job on it now, <laughs> but uh, that th that video is the main reason why I'm doing that hack and slash video to explain myself because you can't believe the amount of people that every day, every day get on there and tell me how bad of a job I'm doing hooking up these consoles. Um, you know, how I'm doing it wrong. Like I you would swear you swear I told all the people who have SCART cables uh, that uh, I, I I don't know, I pissed on their mother's grave or something like that. Like they are <laughs> furious with me. That I am telling people that they could use, uh, you know, composite, convert it, and you know, and it'll work. And that's all I'm. That's all I said in the video is that you could do this and it'll work, you know. And people are just crazy, thinking that I am advocating that this is, saying that it's the best way. I'm just saying it is a way, and it's easy and it's convenient. 
and you know it's meant for for beginners who are just starting to get into the thing to see if they're even interested in it. I mean, it makes no sense for someone to go out and spend uh, you know money on on SCART cables, money on a uh, what is a frame meister? Uh, those things are like four hundred dollars just to hook up a Nintendo to an LCD screen, start playing it, and uh, say to themselves, you know what, I'm not really into this. <laughs> you know, it's not really yeah. something I, I that's for me. So I, you know, and the thing is, I I still use the standard def television for all my old consoles. I was I, there was just stuff out there. There was information out there that just said it wasn't possible, and I just thought that was ridiculous because it is possible. You know. Mm. So, so unfortunately, gonna... I didn't I didn't go into that explanation in that video, and that's why I get all those com- comments every day. Well, you did something right then, because it got tons of attention. So a fifty well, thousand hits. Yeah. What does that translate to in for money wise? Um, I guess it does about. Well, right now it's probably pulling in about ten dollars a month, maybe, if that. That one video. That one video, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Which isn't a lot. It's not you know. It's not you're not in this for the riches, right? <laughs> So my 30 hits, that would translate into... Um, <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, God damn it. Shit. Yeah. Um, you know, that's for not showing my face, just uh, hands and arms. Yeah, you know, you got to get in there. You got to, you know, give yourself a little personality. You know, come up there. Hey, I'm Bill from the Start to Continue podcast. This is my record collection, you know. Just hands doesn't do it. You know, it's like watching Thing and the Adams Family. Well, I don't know. Like, that post went up, and we had about 600 hits on reading the blog and only about 30 on watching the video. So maybe these record people don't like seeing video. They just like reading about it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, see now, now see now, my my mind is starting to go, and this is going to create some work for you. Maybe if you started uh, playing a little bit of the of the records, although you couldn't monetize, I guess, right? If you're playing right. some of that music, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. And again, I'm thinking that would be too much work. That would be a lot of work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I hear Joe clicking over there. Did you have something, Joe? I know. <laughs> Joe's I was gone. <laughs> I was actually just thinking of your uh, your game room set up there. So you actually have all your systems inside one room? No, um, I was doing that, and it was way too much. I had um, 12 consoles hooked up into this one bedroom, and it was crazy. Uh, just wires everywhere. Uh, if something was wrong, <laughs> it, it just it took me forever to fix it, and... Uh, so what I ended up doing was uh, I had half of the basement uh, dedicated to video game stuff, and um, I ended up just taking taking over the room up here and keeping my half of the basement still dedicated to video game stuff. So uh, upstairs where I am right now, I have um, all my HD uh, consoles, everything from um, you know the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 uh, to to now upstairs and uh, downstairs I have all the old school stuff uh, half of it or a good chunk of it is hooked up to a, uh, an old standard def TV uh, everything from uh, the Atari to um, uh, 
Nintendo 64. And then I have my PlayStation 2, my original Xbox, and the Wii hooked up to a 720p television, which is, uh, for me, which I think is the best way to uh, play those games on that kind What's of What's the oldest uh, game system you have? The Atari. The Atari 2600. Atari? Okay. Yeah. I got hmm. a, uh, a Vader console. Con- uh, yeah, Vader console. Um, a lot of people say the original, uh, what is it, the Sixer? Or something like that. That's supposed to be the Atari to get, but uh, I love that the look of the Vader. I'll go for all black any day. Now, are you like a, a completionist in terms of the the items that you collect? Like when you buy a game, are you buying like the box, the instructions, the map included, and all that, or do you just go out and buy the actual cartridge itself? I uh, will admit I am a horrible collector. I am. I will always put myself as a gamer first. I care about playing the games than uh, collecting them. Uh, so when it comes to, uh, if I'll take being able to like, if you give me the chance, the choice of a complete box game for sixty dollars, uh, or two, uh, uh, a cart only for thirty dollars each, I'll take the two because I'll be able to play two games. So, uh, and and. and I like collecting um, complete in box uh, the Sega stuff if I can find it uh, because it's like that hard plastic clamshell. But for the, the Super Nintendo and Nintendo, it's those cardboard boxes, and I do have a few. Um, I got I did get a few that were personal to me that that I really uh, enjoyed those games. But I keep them all. I keep the games themselves out out of the box shape. Uh, and every time you want to play the game, you got to take it out of the box, and that's wear on that box, right? So I don't even find it worth it to collect NES and Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Those cardboard ones are not worth it. But if I can get the Sega Genesis ones in the clamshell, then then I'll do it. Do you ever hit up the uh, the game collector shows or conventions? I, yeah, there's one coming up uh, next week, and it's all I could think about since the last one. <laughs> um, yeah, they, there's Are an awesome to one. In, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. Uh, I was third in line uh, six months ago, and I'm, I'm hoping to be in the top five again uh, this month. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, the Waterloo um, Game Swap, uh, it's basically just a bunch of... Uh, there's some vendors there, like some people that actually have, um, uh, you know, sh- stores and whatnot. But a lot of them are just people who have game collections, and they're just looking to offload parts of their game collection. And you could find incredible deals there. Um, you know, games that you know they would charge you sixty dollars for on on eBay. I mean, I got uh, what was I? I saw UN Squadron. Is that the one? Yeah, UN Squadron on eBay the other day for $70. I picked that up at the last Waterloo uh, game swap for $5. Mm. And I didn't have to talk the guy down. He was just at $5. bucks. i am like, giddy up. <laughs> you know, because... Yeah, yeah, you know, like here in Toronto, I, you know, you see all these guys like, oh, I never spend more than $5 for a game. And they're all down in Texas and in California where they got those swap meets. You know, everybody congregates in one spot, and they all have tables and ready to, to exchange their goods for, for a decent price. Here in Toronto, we don't have that mentality at all. All no. you have are, um, are the yard sales that you have to be dedicated to going all over town just for the chance that you might find, uh, you know, get two hits maybe an entire summer. And they only last from May until September. 
um, or you, you're, you're at the mercy of these uh, <laughs> flea markets, which are basically stores. They're guys that have storefronts in, in, in a big convention center, and they charge an incredible amount of money for, for this stuff. It's like you might as well just go to eBay and, and spend your money on eBay. I, I went in there. there there's one in, in Pickering. Uh, I went in there looking for a cable for my uh, Sega Genesis because when I picked up my Sega Genesis, it was um, it was RF only, and I had to get rid of that RF. I had to get component cables, and uh, I go in there, and the guy wanted twenty dollars for this cable. I said I could get this cable for five. And okay, I should I should really preface. I should really set up the story. <laughs> he I ask him for the cable, right? He's like, okay. He pulls out. A ball of cable at, that said Sega Genesis on it, and it was just like balls of this of, of component cables for for Sega Genesis. Like, what model do you have? I said Model Two. He's like he's like unraveling it. He's like, okay, here here it is. I'm like, how much? Twenty bucks. He's got a ton of them there. I said these things that they're they're five dollars on eBay. He's like, well, go to eBay. Mm. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I'll find someone that'll buy this for $20 by the end of the day. I, I didn't believe him because he's got a huge ball with them, but uh, he wasn't willing to bend on that price at all. Stuff is so sacred. So I um, I, I just went to eBay and uh, got it for 5 bucks. But. I've actually gone to a flea market at one time, and I was asking a guy on, on a price about uh, – this was for a Transformer, uh, mm -hmm. another collecting hobby of mine, but uh, – Bring it back around to trans. Uh, <laughs> debate on the price with the guy, and he pulls out his his iPad and actually goes on to eBay and sees oh. what uh, what they're going for there to to, yeah. to haggle with me, right? Yeah, don't even get I'll me. Tell you that that eBay's really really put a kink in the, a lot of collectors. Yeah, and they're and they're not checking. I mean, it'd be one thing if they're looking at uh, what things are being sold for, but they're just looking at what what prices people have for them. So some dink out in uh, Kentucky can say, yeah, Mario Brothers, it's $50. And everybody says, oh, look, Mario Brothers, it's going for $50 on eBay. Well, no, that's just what some guy decided he wanted to charge for Mario Brothers. That's not what people are paying for it. And it's so infuriating. And then to... you get the one guy that pays the 50 for it and screws it yeah. for everybody else. Right, yeah. And that's the other thing, too. you got to look at the average. You can't look at like what just one or two... Uh, sold items went for. I mean, for the rarer stuff, it's harder because you're only going to get a few sales on eBay. But for the common stuff, I mean, it's really ridiculous, man. I, I'm actually surprised, Joe, that, that to hear that you're thinking of getting into uh, collecting right now because it is not a seller's market right now. It is, even from when I started in 2010, I used to be able to go to Value Village and find a deal. Now, it's there's nothing left. There is nothing out there. You might find some Sega Genesis stuff once in a while, but God, everything is, is picked through. And if there is something there, um, it, the prices are all over the place. Like I, I went into a Valley Village the other day. They had one PlayStation 2 behind glass, controllers, <laughs> a couple of games, all the hookups, $40. You know, not not the best. I would say twenty dollars, but you know, I guess if it's convenient for you, okay, it's right there. And you and it seemed like it was going to work. You could hook it up and see it was going. I walk over to the uh, where they had like the coffee makers in that, and they had a random PlayStation Two sitting there for eighty dollars. No hookups, nothing. 
and you know one of the employees set that off to the side for themselves, right? Like, this is my thing. I'm going to put it where nobody can find it kind of thing. Of course, I found it. Um, it yeah, it's it's gotten so ridiculous right now. I, I <laughs> couldn't recommend to anybody to get into this <laughs> hobby right now. Not for Joe standards, anyways. Not if he's going for complete in box. Yeah, that is um, that is some major coin you got to be dedicated to uh, to spending. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm still not going to fork it out just to have it. Right? It's I'll, I'll only buy it if I get it at a at a deal or a decent price. So well, it just means it's going to take longer to get what I want. That's all. And I, and I'm perfectly com- comfortable with doing that. It's uh, right. I don't know if currently you know at what point of the uh, the curve the whole collecting community is in right now in terms of, you know, incline, decline, or things level, but, um, you know, everything fluctuates, so... I'm, I'm hoping that right now it's at the state where baseball cards were in the early 90s when, when John Candy and uh, Wayne Gretzky bought that Honus Wagner card for $100,000, hmm. and everybody went uh, completely crazy and nuts... Uh, and started looking in their attic for baseball cards and whatnot, and um, I'm hoping that's where it's at, and at some point it'll start to level off. Um, but even baseball cards, I mean, that lasted a couple of years. This has been going on for a while now, and it doesn't seem to be like it's going to be letting up anytime soon. Um, that was a complete collapse with sports cards, though. Do you want to see that to the games you own? Have I, a little gonna, no value, or I, I, like I, I, I'm having a bit of value? Like I like I said, I'm a, I'm the world's worst collector. I don't care how much the stuff's worth. I just care about playing them, you know. Um, and I know like a lot of people say, well, why don't you just emulate everything? And I do emulate a lot of games and play a lot on emulation. But I I you know my my preference is to play them on the original consoles, on the original hardware. Um, but there's not a single game that I have. Uh, there's one game that I spent fifty dollars on, and another collection of games that I spent a hundred dollars on. But everything else in my collection, I I very rarely spend more than twenty dollars on. Even at this Waterloo, I, I at the the game swap, I talk people down all the time. <laughs> That's one the one thing YouTube like watching the game chasers and whatnot. They really uh, show you how to haggle, and uh, yeah, it makes you it makes you more comfortable to haggle with uh, people and. Um, that's the only way to do it now. To get get people that you know, like friends that you know, and and trades. A lot of trades too. Um, Cartridge Club has been pretty good about that. We've got a little trading community. Uh, people are watching for games that I want on my list. I'm watching for games that they want on their list. So that helps with the with the the cost as well. Yeah, once you're part of the community, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even the yard sales are getting out of hand with the haggling. They they're going for retail for at a yard sale. So frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not what people are there for. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't drive all around town so I could spend the same that I could at Best Buy for you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. You got anything else for this guy? I got. I had. I had to have taken up an hour by now. Where, Where did Joe go? go? Uh, we're getting close to it. Oh, right here, what do you mean, where did I go? <laughs> we just keep your pants on? Uh, speaking of your pants on, did you come to a decision about the vasectomy yet? Yeah, um, I'm going to do it. I I just got my, actually, my new, uh, what's it called, my health card uh, mm. earlier this week because I had reported it lost and stolen. 
Mm. I, I have little so, doubt you're going to do it, but are you going to go under for it or uh, be awake? I talked to a couple people. I th- I'm leaning towards going under, but uh, it's, it's so inconvenient in terms of just having to have someone there to take me back home. Like, I don't want to be asking my mom to come pick me up at the hospital or something like that, right? And Or my wife, so I don't know. Knowing my luck, I'm probably going to have to go with the the local freezing and just uh, endure on some of the, the pulling that I'm feeling on my insides. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't imagine. But the beauty of that is I'd love to be able to record it. So one, maybe something positive will come out of it. Who knows? Oh, something positive will definitely come out of it for sure. It's <sighs> definitely something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go through it, but, man, I would listen to, to it you going through it for sure. <laughs> Man, just that story of him putting your finger on your own balls. Well, was... uh, you called the bill. I, I didn't think he'd make me strip down, but you're right. <laughs> Strange how you know about that stuff. <laughs> well, I know how you feel the need to take care of yourself down there, and you know, I was curious if you did and if you're ready for anything. Guess not. No, sorely unprepared, as per usual. Um, did everyone uh, watch The Walking Dead tonight? Mm-hmm, yep. Fantastic. Should we talk about it, or would that be spoiling it? When it you post this on Friday, right? Uh, yeah, could. Yeah. Because you know, people would have a, a week to watch the show. I think they only need a couple days. They don't watch it by then. That's their fault. <laughs> well, let's not talk about the finale of Banshee then, because I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I haven't watched that at all. That's a good show, Banshee. Oh, you're missing out, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. If it you had like a couple, you like uh, Dead, you like Banshee. Okay. I'll give it a try. Put it down on the list. It had a couple speed bumps this season, but uh, right, how Joe. Far, how far in are they? What that show? <clears throat> what season are they in? What is it? Three now? Four? No, I think it's oh. four. Oh, man, that's a commitment. <laughs> is it really the fourth already? Third or fourth, I believe, isn't it? It's at least the third. Might be the fourth. It's yeah, it's pretty good this season. There's a couple speed bumps, but Joe thinks the entire thing is great. So well, that's because Bill is so critical and judgmental of everything he watches. If it's can't happen in real life, then he's uh, he writes it off automatically. Let me let me ask you, Bill, as a, as a huge fan of uh, The Walking Dead, did you like the second season? Meaning uh, the farmhouse bit? Yeah, Is that farmhouse. Yeah, I for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I get a lot of comments that people say that they dropped off at, after the second season. They just found the show really boring after that. And no. I don't know. I, 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 it's never gotten boring for me. I don't need to have a certain amount of zombie kills every episode. I'm more than happy to get involved in these characters, which is... Right, yeah. I could see they were scaling back the budget a bit that season, but it was put to good use, I thought, in, in story and character development. It, I think I think because that first season was so uh, different from the rest of the show. I mean, they were that's when they were on the move, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like the first season of Battlestar Galactica. It went through that as well, where they're just 
your heart's constantly racing as they're like they're just trying yeah. to find that uh, safe spot, that safe zone where they can catch their breath, and they they don't find that until the second season, which was the farmhouse. And it seems like as if a lot of people just dropped off after they they got that. But um, well, yeah, I think I the stint on the farm really helped fans in terms of actually being able to connect with each and every single character on there just because it was more dialogue driven, right? Yeah, you definitely needed a, a time to get to know all the people instead of them just <laughs> run their zombies, you know? Yeah, and there was tons of tension, you know, looking for Sophia and then zombies in the barn and then this conflict, the triangle between Rick and uh, Buddy and his wife. Even it, the direction that Carol went alone, like she went from being this battered wife to this, I mean, she's uh, she's uh, Wonder Woman now. She's uh, she's in the Amazon, you know. She's she's crazy now. Speaking like, of Carol, what do you think of her in this current season? Uh, great, I, especially I ever it. since they uh, they they arrived into uh, Alexandria, right? She's really taken this nice dark turn in terms of. <laughs> If, if I don't like you or you're in our way, we got to kill you, right? I think that that whole, where she made some decisions on her own, where she uh, killed um, Tyrese's uh, girl, girlfriend, um, and uh, she, the more that she took matters into her own hands and not relied on Rick to make the, make the decision, and at the end, Rick coming around and respecting her for making those decisions, I think that gave her a lot of self-confidence, and uh, that's why you got the Carol that we have now. Yeah, well, she was Rambo at the end of last season, and now she's in disguise as a Rambo in a sweater, and it's more creepy and dark and sinister. Yeah, well, even like uh, uh, previous Carol would have like if that when that kid walked in on her uh, while she was looking for while she was getting guns. I I think previous Carol would have uh, told him to stay put. She would have got Rick, and then they would have made a decision. She went right into, like, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to handle this, you know? And uh, that's where you got the whole cookie speech. And, um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was great. Uh, she, she's turning out to be one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, she's random, loose cannon. I had no idea if that kid was walking out of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if the, kid, if the kid ran, man, they, they, she, oh, she would have done something. <laughs> she would have done something. I had to use that uh, cookie speech on Bill last week. <laughs> Yeah, I walked in on something. <laughs> <laughs> was he uh, was it manscaping or anything like that? that just... <laughs> he actually does bring his razor to work. Right? Oh, no, that's for the face, though. Come on. <laughs> oh, and it's the electric shaver, not the razor. Oh, right, your straight razor down there. I forgot. So there was no really big spoilers in this Walking Dead. It's more setting up for the finale, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I was really happy to see uh, Rosita finally get some lines, get some dialogue. Mm. I didn't even recognize her when she first walked in the room because you never see her. Now, which one's Rosita? you got to refresh my memory. <laughs> which one's she? She's the one Abraham uh, likes to mount. Yeah, was her. Yeah, she walks around with the ponytails and she has the short shorts on all the time. Oh, oh, her, her, her. yes, okay. Oh, uh, Laura Croft, okay, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, she Yeah. She was really good in this episode. I'm really bad with the names, by the way. Uh, probably worse <laughs> than you guys, so. I doubt that. Uh, 
Uh, does your wife she, watch it with you too, Kev? Yes, yeah, she loves it. Oh, man, that's yeah. nice. Oh, she's uh, she's awesome for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mine, mine will have nothing to do with it. The only show that she won't watch with me is Game of Thrones, and it's got nothing to do with um, you know the violence or the nudity or anything like that. Um, that show just—I don't think you can you can knit and watch that show at the same time because there's so much going on. And uh, I, I personally just latch on to things in that show, like uh, you know what's going on with the dragons. Uh, anytime they go to the the guy in the uh, brothel, I have no idea what that guy's talking about, or the the, the bald guy. Uh, that's the snitch, or he's like in everybody's business. I have no idea what that guy's talking about. But uh, so I just like latch onto the, you know, the, the blonde guy with the big sword and the big woman, and I latch onto the the dragons. I'm like a baby. I just describe everything in in images. I can't I can't remember any of their names. I know there's the, and the the little guy. I like him too. But the uh, as for what's going on in that show, I have no clue. And Sarah just can't stand that. Right? She just if. She she just checked out I think some some point in season two and uh, I can't get her back to watch it so I'm so drastically behind on that show I haven't watched the previous season at all and mm. uh, I really kind of want to get caught up with it before this season starts you know and have you stayed away from all the spoilers from last season I couldn't stay away from the big one um, but I did for a long time I didn't find out until. November-ish about King Joffrey. That, that was a big one. But everything else, I have no idea what, what happened last <laughs> season. So. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, people were running their mouth off like the next day for these big episodes for me. So I had to stay right on the ball for sure. Yeah, yeah no, I uh, tell people, like, if you, uh, if you start posting spoilers on Facebook or Twitter, I that's unfriend, unfollow. You're done. You're dead to me. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Did you skip through all the commercials in The Walking Dead? Yes. Or did you see some of them? No, no, I skipped. A Halo promo for the new Halo game on the next console. Yeah, I'd rather just watch them on the internet the next day because for some reason, I don't know why, AMC in Canada runs their commercials in standard def and their their video game commercials in standard def. It makes me mental. Why would they do that? It's a video game. You want to show it in high definition. Um. Why was it good? Was it a good? Uh... No, it was it was a it was a tease. Nothing more oh, okay. than a tease. Okay. But that's the first time I've I seen a tease for the. Obviously, I knew a new Halo game would be coming. Right. For the system, but that was the first time I saw anything about it. It's yeah. like The Walking Dead gets really top shelf uh, commercials and spots because it's the first time I saw an Avengers Ultron spot on television was tonight yeah. too, and there was a Mission Impossible promo. And yeah, they, I haven't seen any of that. They definitely uh, know know their audience, and they gear those commercials uh, for them. So, <laughs> yeah, you get a lot, a lot of video game stuff, a lot of uh, geek culture movies and whatnot. Hey, Bill, you don't have a ratings uh, idea of what The Walking Dead's doing this season, do you? Uh, not offhand, but it is killing it as usual, as far as I've heard, especially sure. when it came back. Because I think we had talked about there being like a slight drop in viewership, I think. Wasn't that it? Compared uh, to last well, season? We discussed that just about ourselves and what the what we've been hearing around the halls, people dropping off. 
getting bored with it for some reason. But uh, no, I don't have the numbers to back that up yet. I do have a ratings book, though, if you want to get into that. If sure. you're done with Walking Dead. No, throw the top five out or top ten. Um, let's see. This is from March 2nd to March 8th. Uh, Canadian ratings. Uh, broadcast ratings. And this can be found by anyone on the internet if they look hard enough. What do you think the number one spot is? Kevon, come on. You're the guest. What's your first guess? You know, I am so clueless when it comes to all this. I have no idea. Uh, football's not on, so it's not Monday Night Football. Uh, hockey? Does that have no. to be a Canadian show, or is it American shows, too? Well, it's Canadian networks, but it's American shows and Canadian shows. It's the same every week. Number oh, one oh, yeah, all the, it, the NCISs, they got to be all in there. Um, Survivors probably in there, because it does really well in Canada, I think better than in, in the States. Survivors uh, number four. Think about a geek show there, Kevin. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know what's on now. I, I, I record all these shows for work, but I have no I I hardly watch any of them. Uh, Marvel's not doing that well. That can't be number one. That's number six for us. Really? I'm surprised. Okay, well, maybe it's... Maybe well, it Canadian ratings are really strange. Like, Okay, Joe, tell them what it is. Number one. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Oh, that, really? That, it more than doubles the next show on the list. Get out of here. And that's no, consistent week after week. I've never watched that show. I, I've watched, I watched a, a little bit of one episode, and the plot was a total ripoff of something that happened in Three's Company. Oh. <laughs> and I was just, I'm done. I don't even think they bother stringing plots together. It's just set up, set up, punchline. Set up, set up, punchline. Yeah. It's, it's There's certainly a formula to it, right? Yeah. But people love it, so good for them. Yeah, that's right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, except it's for dummies. Anyways, uh, <laughs> number three. Joe, you'll be surprised. Criminal Minds. Really, eh? Criminal Minds. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Criminal Minds. Then Survivor. And a new show, The Odd Couple, at number five. Oh. That's, a, that's another sitcom, right? With the laugh track and all that, three cameras. I, I haven't checked it out yet. I'd like to see if it is even comparable to... I just saw one promo for it, and uh, they did the exact same joke from the original movie, the, the F.U., Felix Unger joke. You know, I, I was reading all these notes, and they finished F.U. It took me a few uh, days to realize that F.U. meant Felix Unger. <laughs> and, it was, and it was the exact same joke from the movie. I'm like, this can't be that good. If they're ripping off a 40-year-old movie, can't be good. Well, maybe that's just a tip of the hat to the to the old one. Hopefully. I hope. Well, I mean, okay, if it was a tip of the hat and it was just in the show, that's fine. This was like their, hey, look how funny we are. Like this was in the promo for the show. This is the funniest joke of the show. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's got that Thomas Lennon in it. He's always funny in my books. I don't know who that is. From Reno 911. Oh, is that where that guy's from? He's yeah. he's the Fe the Felix Unger in the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then you got your Marvel Agents of Shield. I take it you're not watching that. Can no. No. Me neither. Uh, number seven, Blue Bloods. 
Didn't know people really? were watching that. Jeez. Yeah. Then Gotham. Mm. Are you watching that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Joe's you know, watching when, all these. When when Gotham started, it just it. I I didn't want to watch a Batman thing without Batman, but uh, it seems to be doing all right. So I oh, am so much more than that, Kevin. Yeah, I, I am curious, so I, I might start at some point. But again, that's a show that I doubt Sarah will watch with me, and it's really hard for me to watch television on my own. Anytime I have my own free time, I'm, I'm playing video games or working on YouTube or working on a podcast. You know, those take priority over television. So yeah, I bailed on Gotham early on. I was like you with the same ideas, and it wasn't grabbing me with the first couple episodes. But then I caught half an episode. What was it about a month ago, Joe? And it was crazy. It was crazy good. Very compelling, very dark, and not what you're used to on network television, for sure. Hmm. So I will say, check it out, even though I have not yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, number nine is Amazing Race. That's probably slipping, because that's usually up there farther, isn't it? Yeah, I think he, Sarah, I think she, uh, yeah, she's still PVRing that show. There's a few episodes of that on there. So, and Once Upon a Time and Hawaii Five O, and then if you can believe it, on the 12th spot is the Big Bang Theory strip. So the reruns. Oh my at, god! Uh, what time is that? Seven thirty or seven? Hmm. I think it's. No, it it's says. It says here it's the nine o'clock airing. So maybe this was a one-off nine oh, o'clock. Oh. They have been running reruns of it in prime time. Okay. Yeah, so that's at 12. Uh, this show Forever. I don't know what that is. And then yeah. a news pops in there. And then MasterChef Canada, Canadian show, gets in there on 15. What was number two? Did you say what number two was? Oh, I think I skipped over it. Any guesses? Uh, it's got, I'm going to just say one of the, take the odds and say NCIS something. It's. It must. I don't know what's going on with NCIS, but they're not on this list. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm shocked too. I don't know if they had a week off or what. They must you have know, had a week off. I um. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You, you know what? Actually, it was. I think because I didn't record any of them for work, so they were all reruns. Was it like a Master Chef, Bill? This is a brand new show, a spinoff of a big ratings winner, also with letters. Uh, oh, C the CSI Cyber. Yeah, you got it. Oh, very go. strong debut. So, there you go. Can I just oh, uh, again? I just want to say something about NCIS. Um, I they they were running a rerun of it. I had it up on one of the monitors at at work, and uh, I look out of a corner of my eye, and because uh, um, oh, what's his name, Sam, from Quantum Leap. Right. Uh, what the heck's his name? Anyways, he was on there. Bakula, Scott Bakula was on there, uh, and he had uh, Dean Stockwell as a guest star on there. Really? Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at them, and they're both on there together. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. That's Quantum Leap together. And I still couldn't bring myself to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go back and watch some Quantum Leaps. I used to love that show. Oh man, we I used to run that show on on the overnight, and that was that was good times. That was a solid hour there. That would that fly that by. was good times. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to give an update to a show I talked about maybe the last episode or the episode before, Battle Creek. Uh, 
Uh, that slipped all the way to the 30th spot. So, mm. I don't know. I guess uh, Battle Creek isn't living up to Breaking Bad standards of Vince Gilligan. Well, I, yeah, um, I didn't even know that was a Vince Gilligan show until you said in the in the last uh, podcast, and I, I, I implored that they're not pushing that. Yeah, I know. Maybe he's not as involved. I know this was something he had wrote before Breaking Bad, any of this stuff. This was oh. one of his pet projects, a script he had for a long time. Oh, okay. So you think and that maybe he, they're, they're doing it without out his... Uh, like, they, they just have his name kind of thing. They don't really... He's not really I a part of it. I, that doesn't make sense, because I'm sure he wrote the pilot. So mm-hmm. I he's don't know. Probably, he's probably focused on uh, Better Get Saul right now, right? Yeah, yeah. you think. Because no. that, that, that stuff happens to uh, Stephen King all the time, right? They'll release a movie off of some you know, short story that he did 30 years ago, and he signed the, the, the rights away 30 years ago for it. And they'll just they'll even call it you know, Stephen King's whatever, and he's like, I don't even remember what this story is. Yes. Like the dome? Uh, I think he might actually have part of that. Because that, that was a new, newer book. That that just came out a couple of years ago. Oh, did it? Yeah, Under the Dome. Yeah, the problem with that show is that was supposed to be a, a mini series, exactly. and it did so well. It, it did so well that the people can't see this, but uh, Bill's holding his arms up like in victory. <laughs> <laughs> it did so well that they decided to keep dragging it out as a show, and it makes no sense. But oh, I was so angry when they did that. Yeah. The dome fell on the stupidest people in the world. <laughs> well, I, I hear it's it's one of those so bad it's good, but uh, I, I haven't watched it myself. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you should try some of the first season just as a joke because it just goes off the rails so crazy. Nothing right. is explainable. It, nothing makes sense. The whole town will be rioting, flames all of Main Street's on fire, and then the next episode, everyone's sitting around having a coffee. <laughs> Even though coffee's running out, well, we'll just sit around and chat. <sighs> like which? Springfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Joe? We're probably running way over time, eh? Yeah, I think we've done more than enough, and... Uh, Shit. Probably grilled hey. enough as well. I tell you, man, I, I do three-hour podcasts for a reason. I got the gift of gab. <laughs> yeah, is there plans for it to go longer than three hours or what? No, it, it seems that three hours is the magic uh, magic number. Um, I can't cut the show any shorter than that, and it seems to wrap up at that time every, every time. Um, we did a couple of two-and-a-half-hour shows, which impressed me, but uh, three hours, there's, it just seems to be... What it is? What I I can't uh, I can't change it. You know, is that your raw file? Is like you're still cutting it down to three hours. So what's oh, your raw? The we recorded on Friday. It was a five hour file. <laughs> oh my god! Because uh, bathroom, <laughs> you got to take a bathroom break when you're recording that long. It was <laughs> the morning for me. I'm drinking coffee, um, and then. Uh, you know, we got people that, that you know, I mean, they're, they're friends. They don't talk to each other that often, so you kind of they go off into little tangents that really don't fit into the show at all, or they're talking about 
like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when we're supposed to be doing it next episode. You can't be talking about it in this episode kind of thing. So <laughs> all the fun stuff as an editor you got to uh, kind of put break for bathroom break. If we'd come back and if we would start right back into the show, we'd be fine. But it's a half-hour discussion about, you know, the snow in Halifax or something like that. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you should have, like, an overture and an intermission. <laughs> and yeah. Overture. Yeah, yeah no, right. I, I, I can't subject people to five hours. Three hours is enough. Yeah, well, I, yeah, probably. I'm not going to say anything, but... <laughs> the two-and-a-half-hour ones were good. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Bill, I'm going to pull a executive producer decision here. And uh, How about you uh, close this off for us since you since you brought in our, our fabulous guest for tonight. So I'll throw the reins over to you. And uh, yeah. I don't know, Kevin, do you wanna, like Kevin, why don't you uh, tell everyone again where they can find you since... Uh, uh, yeah, again, uh, just go, uh, just type in Buried on Mars, uh, and I'm on YouTube. Uh, you just type that into Google, and I'll pop up there. You can check out my channel. I'm uh, going to be having some hack and slash uh, reviews coming up uh, pretty soon, but, uh, you know, i got some other reviews that are up there right now, like uh, some retro game reviews and that. And then uh, if you want to hear Retro Fandango, the podcast, uh, just check out the Cartridge Club. Uh, you need to go to the website, www.cartridgebros.ca, or you can check us out on Podbean. Uh, we're still under the, the, the Cartridge Brothers uh, banner on Podbean, but uh, Retro Fandango, the episodes will just pop up right there. So you can check it out there. And your Twitter? Uh, Twitter, <laughs> at underscore... <laughs> what is it? At un- no, <laughs> at buried underscore on underscore Mars. Had to put those underscores in there because there's some dingus out there that actually has buried on Mars at buried on Mars, and but that's not me. You gotta if you want me, you gotta put the underscores in there. And, right. Uh, Retro Fandango is on uh, on Twitter as well, and we probably check into that probably about once a week. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. And we're at uh, at STC Pod, and our blog is uh, STC Pod at no, stcpod.blogspot. <laughs> You're just as good as me. <laughs> I can never get through that all one. Joe, take it over. stcpod.blogspot.ca. You said the Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> and you're usually, usually spout off where they can find us and everything else, so go ahead. What? Well, like... Kevin said, just put in start to continue podcast into Google's, and I'm sure we're there somewhere. And uh, we have the YouTube going, and we're definitely on Twitter all the time. Right, Joe? And uh, what about you? You can throw your uh, your tranny cast out there. Do you want to throw a tranny? Yeah, if you're looking for a little bit of uh, collector action and Transformer community, you can always check out angrycanadiandecepticon.blogspot.ca. Uh, we also have a podcast as well. Again, just uh, do the old Google search for Transformers and beer. All right. Kevin, Buried on Mars, yeah. our dear yeah. first guest ever. Can you please... Oh, well, I'm honored. I'm honored. Um, I, I just... I just Well, I, I don't... Please read. I'm not going to be able to hear that. I, I, I really like a live read of that... Uh, of what? Your your mic cut out on me. Sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. The twenty dollar wine reviews. 
Oh, I yeah. really enjoy a live live read of that. <laughs> oh shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Joe forgot it. Uh, yes, uh, our Start to Continue podcast is sponsored by No Snob Wines. Uh, it's www.nosnob.com. Smart, f- funny, tasty uh, wine reviews for under twenty dollars a bottle. That's nosnob.com. And you now, say sorry, Chuck, at the same time. Yeah, sorry, Chuck, for not uh, saying it right from the start. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's laughing right now as he's listening to this. The, the the wording of that always confused me though. It's wine reviews for under twenty dollars a bottle. Yep. <laughs> Shouldn't it be reviews of bottles of wine that are under twenty dollars? Uh, that's it, my. It makes it, it makes it sound like as if the reviews are twenty dollars. Like you're you're selling reviews <laughs> for twenty bucks. That's I'm why sure I wanted you to do the live read. <laughs> I'm sure you take the money for it. As as usual, Kevin, none of this is scripted or written down, so it's off the cuff, off the top of the head. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> well, you do such a strong reading of it. I I thought it was something you concocted as well, fully written down. And, and by the way, I was totally confused, Joe, when you uh, uh, got on the Twitter and were tweeting your NES, because I thought I, w- I was talking to Bill. It, it was... <laughs> It did mess me up a little bit. But I, I did figure it out eventually, though. I, I put two and two together. What did I tweet out? What did I? It was a picture of your NES, and you were asking about the 72-pin uh, connector. And I thought it, I thought Bill had his NES out. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know Bill had one. And uh, Are you actually familiar with that issue? Like, uh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you know what I was talking about with that blinking red light? Yeah, I, I, I changed my 72-pin. So is that what you recommend I do next for mine in terms of just replace the 72 pin or should I cut out that, uh, uh, you know, how there's that chip in there, the blocking yeah. chip? Yeah. Uh, changing the 72 pin won't uh, won't solve that. I mean, you, you're getting you're getting a connection after a while, right? Eventually yeah. you're getting something. Sometimes if I'm lucky, man. Um, the, the 72 pin connectors, the new ones are very tight and they can actually damage new cartridges. That's what I read about too, yeah. Yeah. It like I, I couldn't believe how bad it was when I when I changed mine. And uh, what I ended up doing was just taking um an old um, Mario Duck Hunt and uh, leaving it in there for for a while and that, that loosened it up. So you can do that. But mm. it that it still doesn't solve the copyright protection problem. Uh, you'll still you'll still get the blinking blinking light. Um so if you, the best thing to do would be to uh, try cleaning the old one and removing the copyright uh, protection. And if and if that works, then then you're good. But then if that doesn't work, then you're gonna have to replace the the pin. All right, fair enough. There you go. So hey, Bill, again, Kevin, you as our guest, can you uh, close the close the book for us with our yeah. sign off? Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Post it and post it. Done.